Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tremel Gomes, reporting from the Florida Capitol, where Governor DeSantis kicks off the week with a win as his ban on mask mandates is back in force. Now he's ready to spar with President Biden's vaccine mandate. The problem I have with Joe Biden more than anything, this guy doesn't take responsibility for anything. He's always trying to blame other people, blame other states. Meanwhile, Brevard County School Board member Jennifer Jenkins says she simply can't forget the lives lost and credits mask mandates for keeping a bad situation from getting worse. We had lost two additional staff members to COVID who were in the ICU. Um, And so that was four people we have lost just this school year alone to COVID-19. And overcoming a breakthrough case of COVID, Congressman Darren Soto shares his experience. I credit the vaccine for really ensuring that I only had a mild uh, case. Uh, but when you're a m- member of Congress, it's incredible that it, it didn't happen earlier. Soto also dives into his legislative priorities and what's on the horizon for Florida from Washington. We're talking about uh, making investments and finally closing the Florida Medicaid gap. Democratic Congressman Darren Soto is officially out of quarantine and is able to go back on the Hill in Washington to continue his work. On today's Sunrise interview, he shares his experience dealing with COVID, his treatments, and his tips for those working in Florida's capital. During Governor Ron DeSantis's tour to promote monoclonal antibody treatments, Republican Congressman Gus Bilarakis praised the treatment for helping him recover faster as well as Florida Senate President Wilton Simpson. We'll hear more on that, plus your calendar of political events and so much more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting, it's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, September 13th. Today's National Bald is Beautiful Day. Now this is my kind of day. Also National Peanut Butter Day, and it's only fitting that it's also National Let Kids Take Over the Kitchen Day. On this day in 1989, Hurricane Hugo approaches the Leeward Islands and over the next 12 days would kill 75 people from the island of Guadalupe to South Carolina. In 1956, IBM introduces the world's first production of hard disk, the IBM 305, which stored 5 megabytes of data. In 1971, riots in Attica prison have finally ended after four days with a loss of life of 33 inmates and 11 prison employees. The cause is thought to have been due to three corrections officers and a trooper committing unprovoked attacks on prisoners which were not reprimanded or punished. In 1978, in a crackdown on immunization policy, many thousands of children were sent home from school for failure to have proof of proper immunization. State laws require immunization for diphtheria, tetanus, polio, rubella prior to starting school. And the numbers who have not been immunized prior to starting school has been increasing each year. 
In a victory for Governor Ron DeSantis, an appeals court ruled Friday to keep the state's ban on student mask mandates in place, at least until it issues a final ruling on the legality of the ban. DeSantis had remained confident that his ban would be reinstated during its short stay. The order gives the Florida Board of Education the green light to continue withholding the salaries of school board members in districts that require face coverings for students. The state has imposed that punishment on two districts and has announced investigations into several others. Jennifer Jenkins, a school board member in Brevard County, was a featured guest on Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed's weekly COVID briefing. She says school board meetings have been intense, with some people believing their steps to institute a mask mandate was illegal. That is the rhetoric that is continuing, uh, people threatening our jobs, threatening our salaries. Um, but I'm, I'm here to to do what I said I would do to stand up for our staff and our students. At least 13 school districts, including Florida's six largest, have implemented mask mandates and are under investigation by the state. Jenkins told Freed the public wasn't aware of everything going on at the time. Uh, I was privy to information that, you know, the public wasn't privy to, that we had so many staff members uh, dealing with you know, minor hospitalizations because of COVID, but then we also had 10 staff members in ICU and four of them were on ventilators. Um, what I didn't know, um, the day that we had voted to put masks in place, it was a Monday. Um, I was not privy to that weekend. We had lost two additional staff members to COVID who were in the ICU. Um, and so that was four people we have lost just this school year alone. Charles Gallagher, a lawyer representing the parents who sued the state, said Friday's decision would make students less safe. Also, the U.S. Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights has opened a civil rights investigation into the state's mask mandate. While promoting early COVID-19 treatment with Governor DeSantis, Republican Congressman Gus Bilarakis shared that he tested positive in January for COVID. But I thought about my kids. I thought I want to see my grandchildren. Uh, I am uh, high risk. I have diabetes uh, and I have heart disease. I've had two stints and I'm not ashamed to t uh, tell people, but uh, please see your physician. Bilarakis says within 24 hours of receiving the monoclonal antibody treatment, he felt great. If you've tested positive or you've been around someone that uh, has tested positive, please try this. I'm begging you. Uh, I'm going to have teletown hall meetings. I, I give credit for the governor. I mean, this is good stuff. A final note, Florida hospitals continue to report fewer COVID hospitalization and ICU patients. According to the Miami Herald, noting a continuing downward swing, 11,701 people are hospitalized for COVID-19 in Florida, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services report that came out Sunday from 259 Florida hospitals. That's 521 fewer patients than Saturday's report from 260 hospitals and 950 fewer patients than Friday's from 261 hospitals. Next up, the Sunrise interview with Congressman Darren Soto, who is finally free to move about in public after completing his quarantine from COVID-19. Representative, let's jump right into it. Um, welcome to Sunrise. I really wanted to take this time to connect and talk with you to just see how you were doing physically, your health, considering you announced you had a breakthrough case of COVID-19. So fill us in. What's going on? 
I'm feeling okay. Um, in my last day of quarantine today, I have a light cough. Uh, that's about it. Uh, in the beginning, um, Tuesday of last week, I, I started getting uh, feeling run down, uh, and that turned into a, a light fever. Uh, and of course, uh, rested for the weekend, got tested uh, this past Tuesday and found out that uh, I did test positive for uh, COVID-19. I credit the vaccine for my mild uh, symptoms and uh, quick recovery. I also got the monoclonal antibody treatment uh, to also quicken the recovery. And, uh, you know, it's fast paced in Congress. I'll be back up in a markup in D.C. on Monday for the Build Back Better Act. So uh, we'll be right back up and running. And throughout the week, I've been able to do interviews, meet with constituents and do the work that needs to be done, um, of course, through teleconferencing. All right. The monoclonal antibody treatment. As you know, Governor Ron DeSantis has been like on a daily campaign getting the word out about monoclonal antibody treatment. Some have been concerned that it's more so than pushing like, you know, the mask mandates and preventing folks from even getting COVID in the first place. So uh, what got you into thinking to jump on the monoclonal antibody treatment? First of all, the fact of the matter is you, you want to get vaccinated. That's why I had mild symptoms. Uh, this is a federal state partnership for the monoclonal anybody's treatment. It's also included in uh, Biden's uh, new pandemic plan last night that he unveiled. Uh, where that fits in is if you do get a breakthrough case after getting vaccinated, or if uh, unfortunately you've decided not to get vaccinated, uh, it can help you recover uh, quicker, but it's no substitute. I think that's the important thing that both work in tandem. And um, I'm proud of the good work HHS has done with the uh, state of Florida to put up these uh, these clinics, including one in St. Cloud uh, in our district. Any thoughts of how you may have contracted COVID-19? Who knows? Uh, you know, I'm out and about quite a bit as a member of Congress uh, throughout the, the peak of the pandemic. I also have been consistent about wearing masks as much as you can and uh, also got vaccinated as soon as I could, did it in a public way to set an example. And I credit the vaccine for really ensuring that I only had a mild uh, case. Uh, but when you're a m member of Congress, it's incredible that it it didn't happen earlier, uh, given the number of people I mix with on a regular basis. Uh, and that's just part of the risk of doing the job. What's in place now as committee week comes up where you used to walk the halls of the Capitol here in Tallahassee, and there are not stringent restrictions in place, no testing for members and all of that stuff. What's going on in Congress? What do you think should be done here in Florida's Capitol? Are there measures in Washington that can be modeled here? In the U.S. Capitol, you need to wear a mask uh, at all times, unless you're in your own office with no one else around you. <clears throat> and I think that's a good, <clears throat> that's a good uh, balance there. Of course, if you're outside, you don't necessarily have to wear a mask unless you're in crowds, that's what uh, the CDC guidelines are. And we really hew closely to what the CDC recommends in Washington. And I certainly encourage my colleagues in Tallahassee to do the same thing. Um, there are very limited opportunities for guests to go into the Capitol right now. Uh, and of course, uh, after last night's announcements by the president, I know that there'll be even more of a, a push now for everybody to be vaccinated based upon the new uh, mandates as well as uh, among private employers. So that'll 
have a dynamic that we're just uh, starting to see take shape. So today you're going to be back to work as if because you're going to be out of quarantine. What are some of the priority issues that you're working on? I, I see that you're working on reining in cryptocurrency as one of the things. Um, what's going on there? Um, my biggest priority is getting this multi-trillion dollar build back better bill in for a landing. Uh, we passed a small section of it in the Natural Resources Committee. Uh, I attended all those markups, uh, all the votes, even got in some great debate in the midst of uh, this, uh, this uh, COVID experience uh, that made the paper. So I've been you know, attending all the meetings. And then next week, we have the much bigger part of the package in the Energy and Commerce Committee. Um, we're talking about uh, making investments in finally closing the Florida Medicaid gap, making investments in $150 billion clean electricity performance standard that would require 4% cleaner energy every year uh, for the next 10 years. So imagine how that's going to be the workhorse to bend the curve on utilities. Uh, we see intensifying hurricanes hitting areas all around Florida, uh, rising seas, hotter temperatures. So this is going to be a key part. We'll see uh, finally the lower drug prices now, uh, investments, that's a revenue enhancement uh, passed in the in the bill that we have going forward, that'll allow Medicare to finally negotiate drug prices like Medicaid and VA already are able to do. Uh, and we'll be using some of that savings to expand to dental, um, vision, and hearing over uh, over time. And finally, we'll uh, see CHIP, uh, also the kid care in Florida, uh, expanded permanently, add in a blue carbon program to carbon capture using our coastal areas and a ban on offshore oil drilling uh, that uh, will uh, all be huge issues to help the Sunshine State. And then, yes, you have some tech issues we're working on, including uh, how to properly tax uh, cryptocurrency and uh, who's a custodian of records versus who are simply software programmers and don't have that kind of information. Many thanks to Congressman Darren Soto for taking time to do this interview during his recovery and joining us here on Sunrise. Here's your calendar of events. The Florida Atlantic University Board of Trustees will hold a retreat at the Harbor Branch Oceanographic Institute in Fort Pierce beginning at 8.30 this morning. The University of North Florida Board of Trustees is scheduled to meet at 9.15 in Jacksonville. The Tampa Bay Regional Planning Council will meet at 10. The Triumph Gulf Coast Board, which helps administer settlement money from the Deepwater Horizon disaster, is scheduled to discuss a $15.8 million proposal for the Milton Interchange Park in Santa Rosa County and a $15 million proposal to dredge a shipping channel at Port St. Joe. That's at 1.30 Central Time at the Northwest Florida State College Center for Aviation Excellence. The new College of Florida Board of Trustees will hold an online meeting at 5. The South Florida Water Management District will hold another online forum about public recreational issues, and that's also at 5. In other news, after a stinging week of defeats, Governor DeSantis is confident he will continue to win back his cases, similar to mask mandates and the block to the so-called anti-riot law, or HB1. That's a foreordained conclusion in front of that court. So we will win that on appeal. I guarantee you we'll win that on appeal. Um, just like we'll win the, the parents' rights one on appeal, just like we won almost anything out of Tallahassee on appeal. That's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles. 
And finally, as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in to today's sunrise. And I don't always get into sports, but I know a lot of Seminoles are hurting from the weekend. That's it. Hmm. Maybe there should be a sports segment. Nah. I'm Tramel Gomes at the Capitol, inviting you to join us again tomorrow for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.